You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. in Chicago, you go to New York, yeah. right? Now, well, it, I didn't know. I didn't go to New York. I went to L.A. I you went, went to L.A. Oh, and that's I right. stayed. You went right to L.A. I stayed, stayed and I committed television for, and tw- you, for 20 years. Uh, you met Florence? Florence, uh, well, after the Manhattan transfer, mm-hmm. uh, when I was getting you know all these fabulous reviews, and they were saying, right. oh, you God, you're hip. You're so hip. You're very hip. You're right. too hip, because this mother's brother. You're too hip. Right. You're, too, you're just too hip. And so I, I knew Florence, and so right. I went to Florence, and I said, Florence, I'm too hip. <laughs> and she said, I know how you feel. Ah, I loved her. Because she had come from Broadway. You right. Know, and so she had had to really damp it down for television. Right. And uh, she said, here's what you do. Write the Brady Bunch. No one will ever say you're too hip again. <laughs> the, uh, you, you can just emphasize your range. Right, right, right. And so the Brady Bunch at that point was dormant. Right. But what happened was the same guy who thought the transfer would be a good uh, host for a show thought the Brady Bunch would be a good host. Well, actually, he thought the Partridge family because they already were like, you know, singing and dancing. And the Brady right. Bunch were too, but nobody noticed it. Right. But he said, let's do, the, do it with the Brady Bunch. So they uh, did a show called the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. I remember that. Which, which I wrote. Oh my God! And Wait, did Jan my... go, did Jan show up for no, that one? Uh, no, we had fake Jan. Yeah, fake we Jan. Had, uh, fake, uh, Eve Plum was Jan, and, right. and she had done a TV movie where she got a forty share, which means forty percent of yeah. all the sets. So she wasn't going back to being Jan. Right. She was launching her dramatic career. Right. And uh, so we had to get a uh, a new Jan. And uh, I remember going to the final auditions for Fake Jan. Uh, there was <laughs> a, fake Jan. A, fake Jan. A, a girl named Jerry Reichel who got the part. And the other girl, whose name I think was Kathy Buckley, mm-hmm. not Kathy Buckley, the comic. Right. Uh, Kathy Buckley, a singer-dancer, who after she didn't get fake Jan, quit the business. No way. Married Conrad Hilton's son. No. And had Paris Hilton, Nikki no Hilton, and Conrad. No fucking way! Yeah. You created That's Paris Ka- Hilton! Kathy Hilton. You are the fucking sperm donor. Right. And wow. When, and when the Brady Bunch, many, 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 many years later, the Brady Bunch movies yes, came out, yes, which were yes. like parodies of the right, Brady Bunch with Shelley Long. Uh, I got a call. From, this is Kathy Hilton. I'm. Uh, oh, they they began showing the old Brady Bunch Variety Hour on Nickelodeon, right. on Nick at Night. And mm-hmm. people started calling me and, and said, this is Kathy Hilton. I just want to thank you for helping me dodge a bullet. 
<laughs> she did not. She said, I was the other girl who would have been fake Jan. And I'm watching this show now and I'm realizing, because she said she, she'd right. seen me perform and I'd tell the stories about the right. brother. She said, Everything you said was true and I'm sort of sorry I wasn't there, but on the other hand, I'm kind of glad I That's wasn't cute. there. That's cute. Oh That's my sweet. God, I love that. Uh, it, it That's was, the best it story was, And that I used to get, I mean, people, we, I used to put Robert Reed, the father, oh. uh, we could never, uh, he, I put him in drag as much as I could because oh. that was always Did, you know, I talked a lot about him, you know, with Florence about yes, Robert, right. and she was. She said she knew during the pilot yeah. when he, when they kept annoying mm-hmm. him and saying kiss her with more passion. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Aww. and and she finally took the director aside and said, said "Ain't gonna happen. Ain't happening. Leave him alone." You know, right. though. And I'm wait, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. All right, wait. So, you know, and he was a very serious actor who hated this yeah. job. Right. Yeah. So. What, I mean, look, we're pre-AIDS crisis. We're right. in the 70s. Yeah. What what was it like? You never hid your homosexuality. No, I never, no, I never um, hid it because, I mean, it was uh, part of my personality. And I, I, mean, I was in a, in a business that, and, and in a, a part of the business that encouraged eccentricity and flamboyance. Right. And, and, uh, ex- and your mother didn't extroverted. care. When did you tell your mother? I told them when I uh, was drafted. Uh, I, I said I'm going to check for Vietnam. The, for Vietnam, yeah. Uh, I said I'm going to check the box, and that checking the box meant there was a box. There was right. a box on when you were uh, inducted, when you went down to the yeah. for your physical that said I am a practicing <laughs> homosexual, and of course I checked the box, and then they sent you right to the shrink, right. and the shrink said, "Are you a practicing homosexual?" And I said, "No, I've got it down." Ah! <laughs> That's awesome. and, right, and he looked and he he thought he thought. Oh, you're making a joke. And I said, no, no, really, I am. And he said, you know that this will follow you. This will go on your record, which used to be chilling Right. Words. Oh, yeah. And I said, you know, as I had said to my parents before I went down, um, I said, I don't think I ever want to work with anybody who won't hire me because of this. And I'm right. certainly not going to do anything with require a security clearance right. with the government. That was not my bent. You, you didn't so, grow up religious. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, it was not. We were Jewish, but we were conservative Jews, right, and uh, it wasn't. No, we weren't uh, fundamentalists, right. uh, which would be as called you orthodox. know, the Jews are pretty. Oh, I, damn oh, good. Jeez, right. I, this is why I wanted to be a Jew my whole life. I'm like, why couldn't we be Jewish? The Jews are good, except for the Orthodox, because yeah. they're uh, uh, they're orthodox. the modern they're Orthodox religious. are okay. Yeah. Well, the younger ones, yeah, fundamentalists of every religion are, are the fucking same. mental yeah. and OCD right, and don't yeah. want to have don't want to think. They right. just want someone to think for them and tell them how to think yeah. and what's right and wrong. Yeah. So ha, where do you think you got that strength? I mean, like, at that time, you're, you're saying, I don't fucking care, put it on my record. I mean, like, that that was an anomaly. Yeah. I mean, no one did that. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, and I think I also... Good I, for you! I, I got s- real strong support from my parents, from, right. from my father, and uh, from my mother. I mean, I don't know... Uh, I never talked to my father about how he really felt about right. it, um, but I talked to my mother about it, and, and uh, she, you know, she said, but to tell you the truth, um, it took us a little by surprise because you were always so interested in girls, and, and our real fear was uh-huh. you were going to take off with Myra Greenberg and elope, uh-huh. and that was because I really did. I really right. was a, a, a practicing bisexual, I right. was, and I had that down pretty well, too, but it was the 60s, and it was different it wasn't as exotic as it is now but i always loved girls i i I was not repelled by women i had sex with women Mm -hmm. and i just at a certain point 
I was in love with, with, with several different women, and I realized that they deserved better than somebody who was going to go cruise the Greyhound station. Right. Mm. And, and uh, so I, uh, I, I made a choice to be authentic. When they say gay right. is a choice, in my case, the choice was to be my real self. Right. And that was to be gay. Right. Um, but it was, it was always there. I mean, right. Uh, and I think that's true for a lot of people. And I, you know, people say, tell me, "Oh, I'm bisexual." Mm-hmm. And when they're over 25, I kind of, you know, yeah. look over my glasses. Like, when was the last time you fucked a girl? Right. Prom, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're a grown up now. I never like, felt like, like Dennis Miller it's, said, "Find a hole." Yeah, <laughs> pick a hole, goddammit, and um, split it. Yeah, I never I, felt bi either, but it just feels a little bit limiting to. I think that's why people maybe keep I, it open. It feels I like think. you're you're making a decision that's blocking something I, out. I also think that yeah, I think it's also something that they talk and don't necessarily walk. It's they're leaving an option open for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be very very harsh about it, but now I think yeah, whatever makes you happy. All right, sure. um, you Barbara Streisand asked you to write for her. Yeah, years and years and years yes. ago, and. Uh, <laughs> You told her to go fuck herself. No, because, well, you well, said no because she was. I'd, 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 written, I'd written for some benefits for her, and right. then she was uh, coming out of retirement. She was right. she was going to put this act together. This right. was like in the eighties, and um, uh, she asked me to write for her, and I said I'd be thrilled. And then they made a very low ball offer, yeah. and. Uh, she had just uh, had an auction of her furniture from one house that she was right. getting rid of and building another. And um, and she said, well, what do you want me to do? And I said, sell a lamp. <laughs> I wasn't asking for much. And, right. she, and, she, and she called Robin Williams. And she asked him to write for her. And he right. said, no, you should get Valanche. And uh, yeah. he said, he's too expensive. No way. And Robin said, are you nuts? That, that, uh. Anyway, Robin uh, finally uh, said, he called me and he said, she, she really wanted me to write for her, and Robin said, "I, I can't. I, everything I write is blue. <laughs> and oh, you can't God. do it. You can't do anything I write." So actually, she got Elaine Boozler, who's a wonderful writer oh, I and, love and Elaine. funny. And Elaine has a great story about it, oh, which good. Is, is her tale she's to doing, tell. She's doing the podcast. Yeah. So. Oh, good. So I'll ask her about it because it's it's her tale to tell. But uh, I told this story in a, a documentary about me in 1999. Yes. And Barbara took incredible umbrage because it, it the picture opened and. And the story got picked up by page six, and there was a lot of she was she'd gotten a lot of bad PR that week, mostly having to do with cheapness. Right. And mm-hmm. so I was the heavy because she couldn't be mad at the Shaker Society right. who claimed that they she stiffed them on furniture, and she couldn't be mad at somebody else who uh, hedge fund people. Right. She was, so she could be mad at me. So I became persona non grata, and. Uh, um, and for a long time and then of course that you know uh, that just made it bigger because then I would get people who hadn't given a shit suddenly were calling right, and right. Saying, well what's the story that she that she denies all of it you know and it was like it was like festering did you make up bigger eventually we made up we finally made up there was a benefit um, for Al Gore that I guess must be about 15 years ago mm-hmm. now. Uh, no, well, whatever. And, um, or Hillary, or a benefit for somebody, and I was writing, Whoopi was hosting it, and I was writing Whoopi stuff with her. And Barbara was going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so uh, 
her her manager of, of forever, Marty Ehrlichman, called and said, "Would you write some stuff uh, for her?" She's sorry, and yeah, it's it, we're good. And and of course, I never expected to hear from her. Right. Know? But uh, I said uh, that was her way of saying, you know, first it's benefits. I can't ask for money. Right. But it was her way of saying, <laughs> okay, it's all water under the bridge now. And uh, she had I, her I, I apologize. was at, I was some. You know, she she. Backstage at the Academy Award, she came over and she kind of squeezed my hand, you know, and it was with a look, and it was kind of like, you know, whatever you need to do, I am fine with Barbara Streisand. Right, sure, yeah. I was at in Palm Springs, and uh, I met someone who was her cook for a while, mm. her chef, mm-hmm. and there were some letters. He he had a whole thing of of you know notes left oh, yeah. by her that oh. were. So psychotic. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, I want exact this much cheese on my cracker oh my and God. this kind of. Cra- I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, well, she has a mental illness. You know, I mean, and John Tolan's wrote. You that don't say fabulous. that about Barbara Streisand. Why not? John Tolan's wrote that. Are, uh, don't we try to demystify mental illness? Play, oh yeah. Uh, Barbara Byron Seller about. You know, he fictionalized her, yes. but but he probably got her pretty accurately. I mean, yeah. she's That's a lot, a great a lot show. comes from insecurity, and uh, you know, and who knows? I mean, she's right. uh, she's uh, many great artists are filled with Nishikaz. Right. So. Oh yeah. So may I just really quick while we're on this topic, just um, there's a really great inside the actor's studio with Barbara Streisand, ah. and you really see who she is, like yeah. you know under her mental illness and with it and everything but it's so cute and it's so wonderful and she she is really wonderful yeah Yeah. i'm not talking shit okay um were you there for the barry manilow bet midler fight uh which one the one that (laughs) you know yeah there are many on many battles i mean you know it's it's, uh it's (laughs) godzilla versus the small there was a big one was there not the the most recent one yes uh i wasn't there but i i was there so what what can you speak of it really i mean it's it's just uh they they, uh uh, he thinks that she did something on a record and and uh that he told her not to do and it was uh, it was the last straw. That was right, why right, it became right, right. big because he just decided he'd had enough. You know, he adores her and has always adored her and right. has always. It's always him. He's come back to her, right, to work and stuff. And she's because you know, that would be an amazing. She's concert. crazy about him, and it had nothing to do right. with him. Right, it had to do with a work thing. Right, that and uh, that they were accusing each other of stuff, and it was. Uh, but it, but mostly, I think it just Barry just had enough. I mean, he right. didn't, he just said, "I, I just I'm um, too old, and I don't want to go through any more of this." Yeah, and and uh, and, he's and so she's very talented. and she's very sorry about it. I mean, she actually went on. TV and talked about right, it. Right, yeah, I remember that. Because that's yeah. how much she would like to, mm-hmm. you know, to rebuild that bridge. Now, you uh, knew my favorite human, well, who I <laughs> wish I could have the career of, B. Arthur. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. What was she like? She was, uh, she was pretty astounding. She was uh, uh, a great friend to her friends. Right. I mean, if she... If you hit it off with her, she was in your corner. Right. She'd come to see me in the most obscure things. I did mm-hmm. an equity waiver musical in right, West right. Hollywood. She was there. Right. I mean, she came to see, whenever I did a club thing, she was there. Um, she, uh, this, the Golden Girls was a gift for these women at this age. Of I mean, course, it was yeah. not supposed to happen that way. Right. TV was young and right. they were over the hill and this surprise thing happened. 
and it made them all very wealthy. Right. And you know when people was she get, wealthy prior? She was wealthy prior because she had Maud. Right. She made a lot of oh money. Oh my off God, of the best show yeah. ever. But this made her. I just asked. You know, um, I asked them to check to see if they would do a remake of Maud. Yeah. Because I really want to be in it. Yes. Right. And they said. No, but they're doing some readings of old Maud, and maybe and they would yeah. consider me. But I mean, yeah, like uh, that she when I was growing up. Yeah. I mean, that, that was yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it was it was intense. They're bringing so many things back. Yeah. I think partially because they are looking at the ratings and realizing that the people who watch network television are now of the age right. where they these are things that resonate with them right. from their from their youth and, and they want to know what where the then they were yeah. these people were part of your growing right. up like your family right. and they're yeah. hoping that they're like they'll there'll be enough shit in dynasty right. that will like you know something will uh, it's it's empire right. dynasty was the original empire they're hoping some of the glitter from empire will fall off right. onto it and make this reboot of it something that millennials will watch in addition to something that people who watch the original dynasty will watch i wish they could bring back an old president too <laughs> from yeah, the well, 90s that would be good oh, um how about from the 1860s yeah that's fine <laughs> yeah lincoln um all right so b arthur so b. Ben- so she was the, she was the greatest the thing about what happened uh she got very rich and uh and they and you know they wanted to make sure that they didn't you know like shit in the golden pot right and so they were uh, and they were also, you know, everything had to be even between them because uh, that was the dynamic of the show. And they, did they all once get they along? All became so, uh, everybody got along except B decided she she was mad at Betty, and we could never, nobody ever knew quite why. Betty she White was at Betty White, but it, it just kind of could be that B was a big, the biggest star when they made the deal, mm. right? And it elevated Betty, who had had a bunch of flops, but so B had a bunch of. I don't know exactly what it was, right? And, uh, uh, but there was a, there was just a kind of intensity about it. Now, and, okay, sorry. But, um, and, and, and the show, they, the show had be- became kind of a, a formulaic thing. It was very funny, but it was, they had to service everybody. So it was a dumb joke, slut joke, right. ugly joke, old joke. Right. And they were volleying back and forth at right. each other. And they continued to, I mean, to do really well. And then I think, and then finally it was, you know, they, they stopped. Right. But, um, and during the course of that, B, who always enjoyed a cocktail, um, wh- began enjoying them more. <laughs> right. And, you know, you, she wouldn't drink when she was working. And she would, like, she would drink at dinner. So dinner was at five. Right. And you would go over there and she'd be standing in the doorway <laughs> with the martini shaker waiting for you to come in. And it was pretty good, you know, but she would drink a lot. And around 8.30, things would uh, would quietly spiral. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How, well, how old was she when she died? I don't know. Uh, uh, I'll look it up. Uh, Betty White maybe? says yeah. here she talked about why B. Arthur uh, yeah. was mad at her in her book. And she said... B had a reserve. She was not that fond of me. She found me a pain in the neck sometimes. It was my positive attitude. That made B mad sometimes. She was like too... Well, that's true. Oh, God, I for see, her. I am B. Arthur. You I are. I am B. Arthur. I, I, totally. I've worked with Betty a lot, and I... I mean, I've You're never cold. found her to be all that goody two-shoes, <laughs> but, I mean, that is the reputation she has, but... I love her. Uh, she, she's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've always... She's, she's a lot like B in that regard. Right. I mean, she's in your corner. What do you think... Or I mean, I mean you, you work constantly. I mean, you are, as as the movie says, get Bruce. That's what everyone says. Get Bruce. Mm-hmm. Two thousand nine, by the way, B. What, Arthur died. 
Yeah, so now really? how old? Yeah. Um, uh, she was. Uh, that was a bad one for me. Uh, let's see. She was born in 1922. Oh, like my mother. She's yeah. my mo- was my mother's age. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, she was. Mine was 1919. Yeah. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right. So what do you think was the thing that made you get Bruce? Like, what was the thing in your career that uh, that made everyone was like, uh, well, get, Bruce know, get Bruce for lunch, get Bruce for lunch? For 20 years, I was behind the scenes, and I would step out, I would act in one thing or another, and, and I would perform, you know, I would do my act. Right. Um, but it was uh, probably writing uh, all the, those Oscar shows. Right. Uh, I mean, I had written about uh, 10 of them in a row. Um when uh, when they approached me about the movie. And as the movie was happening, Hollywood Squares happened. Right. So suddenly I was on television every night. Right. And uh, and there was a movie about me. Right. And so that kind it of It was like me, the perfect storm. It was a perfect storm. Yeah. And as a result, uh, they came to me and asked me if I would audition for Hairspray. Right. And uh, to replace Harvey when he left. And Harvey. Harvey. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, and I did, and I got it, and I, for two years I did that on the road and on Broadway, and you loved it. Uh, it was the greatest, yeah. my favorite thing ever. It was so. Uh, you're doing Hollywood. Like yeah. I, now, I just want to know uh, your mother. Yes. You're this now. Everyone recognizes you. Yeah. Uh, wherever uh, you go, uh, and you bring your mother with. It. Yeah, and you bring she your mother, and she loved it, right? Yeah. Oh, she did. She went crazy. We had a Mother's Day show every year on Hollywood Squares, and I would bring her on. I'd write her material. Oh. So I would give her a little. Co- she had fabulous timing. She had fa- but fabulous. But I would give her a little. Co- and she would slide right in with it. Oh. She just knew. What was exactly Paul Lynn like? Look those up well, on YouTube. Those well, Hollywood yeah. Squares with yeah. uh, Bruce's mom. Yeah. Paul. Uh, well, Paul was on the Donnie and Marie show. Right. And um, uh, he was also doing Hollywood Squares. Right. And so gay, 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 gay. when we were yeah, <laughs> when we were uh, we'd finish a, a day at Donnie and Marie, he would be, he'd say, "Come with me to Squares. I haven't got shit." And uh-huh. we'd sit in the car and go over the questions because that was how they did it. And mm-hmm. you had, so you could come up with jokes. And we'd come up with jokes, and uh, it was towards the end of the NBC Hollywood Squares because it had been on fourteen years, and uh, this was the, the the end of it when he was in the center square. Right. Um, and uh, he was uh, miserable and uh, without a drink. He would have a drink, and he would be the funniest person you ever knew. Damn. Then he would have a second drink, yeah. and then he turned into he would turn into Reinhard Heydrich. <laughs> I mean, you not know, Jewish. Not Jewish. <laughs> he would turn into somebody from the high, the Nazi High Command. Right. He was horrible to everybody and and mean and uh, just awful. And people knew to avoid him. And and when they were doing squares, they would know to give him one drink, not to give him two drinks. Right. Because he well, would, I did squares when you were there. Thank you very yes, much. Right. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. And. Uh, you know, it was so interesting for me who grew up with these, you know, shows right. and I was just starting to, yeah. you know, have a career and uh, seeing that, you you know, backstage was just alcohol and food and yes, alcohol. Right. And I'm thinking, I, can't, I need every synapse in my brain. <laughs> and you look back at like, if you look at the game show network oh, yeah. and you watch like Match Game and yeah. all that, they're all fucking wasted. Yeah, totally. so because because you you don't care as much, and I mean, what's to care about? I mean, it's just, it's a silly game, it's right? Silly. And somebody will win and somebody will lose, and and Who, and so much of it's based on hunch anyway. Right. Who was the wo- woman? Oh fuck, you know what? Uh, 
match game. She had the big glasses. Brett. Uh, Brett Summers. Brett Summers. Yeah. Did you ever work with her? Uh, no, I knew her socially, but I was uh, never involved with match game. But I knew her. She was married to Jack Klugman. Yeah. Uh, who was a, a Broadway? Yes. Uh, the Odd Couple, and they were around town. You know, right. they, were, they were part of a whole group of people who what? were theater people who were around on television. What was it like um, being gay? I mean, not not for you, but. Mm -hmm. You know, you knew everyone who was gay. Um, I did. Pretty much. And yeah. you yeah. were not in the closet, um, but so many were. Uh -huh. What What was it like? I mean, it, it, well, you know, it was. Uh, and to keep up the charade until, you know, right. Rock Hudson. Um, yeah. the, it, there was that period after Stonewall before Rock Hudson where. Uh, people started coming out or, right. or being outed. Right. And so it became an issue. It had never been an issue before. Everybody was uh, very, very courteous. You know, yeah. we used to say uh, uh, professional homosexuals should respect the rights of homosexual professionals. Right. And uh, because there were people who, you know, wrote wrote for Out Magazine right. or, or whatever. Must have. Yeah. Must have I mean, their yeah. job was covering homosexuality right. in the world. And there were people who were gay who were doing other things. Right. Like, you know, being on talk shows. Right. So, um, uh, there Did you ever feel like, just come out, just... Oh. Did you ever feel like... I did, but, you know, at the time it was, um, I mean, the times just were different. For example, uh, with Barry Manilow, who's you know just come out. Yeah, I now. wanted to ask you about that. I mean, in the day, Barry couldn't come out because Barry sang songs about heartbreak. Right. He sang about love and tenderness. And, 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 and yeah. yeah. And they wanted to know who he was singing to. Right. So he had to actually invent somebody who he was singing to, a woman he was singing to. And that was the way it was done. Right. Uh, if he had been English... A few years later, he might have been able to to come out because though they are the ones who came out. Mm -hmm. Did he want to, boy George? Uh, no, he was terrified. Right. I mean, it, it, he wasn't a pioneer. I mean, right, he right, didn't right, get right. into this to be, and and that's what happened. And also, when Elton, who although being British, Elton came out as bisexual, right, and he was booted off two hundred radio stations mm. because in those days, the way the music business worked was, if you had a station in Louisville, Kentucky. And Elton John was on the playlist, and mm -hmm. Elton John announced he's bisexual. The pastor of the church of the guy who runs that station calls that guy right. and says, "How can you play this sodomite?" Yep. And Elton John disappears off the playlist, That's ridiculous. and that was, and and therefore he's, you know, the same thing happened when Ellen came out on right. television. Yeah, I did. All the network of if you drove from Miami to Cincinnati, you would you have trouble getting the Ellen DeGeneres sitcom on television wow. and so the bottom fell out of the ratings and she told them that would happen <clears throat> yeah and they said no you're a big hit it won't happen and she was right so she knew yeah so in other words so yeah. um uh, you had to be prepared for that and nobody was prepared for that because because ultimately pe people get into show business to sing songs very few of them are political pioneers you know there's joan baez and and a few other people but um and th that's on a purely political right. level. That's right. not on a, on a sexual level, which of course is fear based. Right, right, and, and that's and, all they go to. Right, I mean, you know, they so do that with trans things. people. It's right. all about what what do you have down I mean, there? It's not, used, it's not about who you are. You like we used to, to look at. I mean, there was an issue of People magazine, and Barry was on the cover, and also on the cover was Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, 
and they were gay and and but they sang shake your booty right and your groove thing and all right. that stuff and nobody asked them nobody right. cared because they weren't singing love songs right. they were not romantic figures they were party figures right right like the so, village people well the village people but they were a, a gay trope right i mean they you know they used all the stereotypes and and uh, nobody asked them because they didn't have to ask them. right now um I want it. I mean, this is hard for me to discuss because mm. I feel very emotional when I talk about it. But the AIDS crisis um, yeah. was. I mean, I, I, I don't know. For some reason, now it it's really hits me. I guess because yeah. I'm older and I have kids, and sure. I, you know, but it was horrible. And yep. and how was it in Hollywood? I mean, what what was. It was. How uh, did it? I mean, and and also, what was your? Sh who died that that you just were like, oh, you know? I mean, you've seen a oh, lot wow. of the, yeah. Uh, uh, a whole bunch of people at the beginning, right? Um, wow, I mean, Paul Jabara. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I'm trying to think of who the early uh, right. the early victims were, but uh, there were many more in New York, right? Uh, uh, because it, you know, we, there was a theory that it started here, and right. then. It it spread west, and of course, a lot of people were in show business, and uh, and so it, it affected a, a, a lot of people. And then of course, the first thing is everybody was terrified; nobody knew right. what it was. So, but we, it was the gay cancer, and so gay people became a pariah. Right. Yeah. And, oh, you know, I you, remember. Right. Yeah. You weren't supposed to, you know, go near them. And I remember it was a great joke, saying, "Can you get uh, AIDS from sitting on a toilet seat?" Yes, but there has to be another guy sitting there already. <laughs> That's funny. I remember because um, I remember visiting people in the hospital and it was like I made sure I touched them like skin to skin yeah. or kiss them or something right. uh, because it was I mean, it they were like quarantined. I yeah. mean, and when I walk by um, those condos they're building by uh, St. Vincent's. Yes, right. I, it's, I, was, it's like, how yeah. can you fucking live there? There's so many souls in that. All right. Um, it was you, it was rough, and it was rough to get uh, to get anybody interested to get money to spend. Right. I mean, the people who we we started fundraising because uh, that's all we could do. Did you? I know, and we and also and, the yeah. lesbians and gays came together. Right. I mean, yeah, that's true. Did that, you ever work with Elizabeth Taylor? Oh yeah, I worked on a lot of shows. Uh, shows. After uh, the first show we did was uh, Commitment to Life with uh, after mm -hmm. Rock Hudson. It started with Rock Hudson, right. and she got involved. And how much do you hate Nancy Reagan for not helping? Him? Always. I mean, yeah. perennially. Yeah. Just, just perennially. I can't even watch the, the next voice you hear. Right. But I mean, Turner Classic had a festival, Nancy Davis festival. Ugh. I said, I think I'll. I switch. can't believe she couldn't help. She didn't help him. In front. Uh, all I right. Know. Well, Republican. Right. Mm. So, uh, so you worked with Elizabeth. I worked with Elizabeth. We did um, the, the first commitment to life, which she chaired, and Betty Ford was the recipient, and the second one, Elizabeth was the recipient. Right. And then a whole bunch of things afterwards, because eventually, uh, she combined. Well, the, the, two, the two research charities she was involved with combined in, into Amphar. Right. And she started her own foundation as a clearinghouse. Right. Uh, because there were so many small charities that couldn't afford fundraising. Right. Uh, the marketing and galas and that kind of stuff. So you could you would apply to her foundation right. and she would distribute. Um, did she hate Joan Rivers and what Joan she, did? To she, was, uh, she didn't hate, she thought Joan Rivers was funny, but yeah. she, she got tired of Joan Rivers. Right. And, and it, it finally became, uh, she just didn't want 
to be around Joan. And right. so, you know, if, she, if you were going to do a show and Joan was going to be on it, because Joan was one of the first fundraisers right. also, uh, Elizabeth would just as soon not be there. And, you know, Joan on her daytime talk show put gay people and uh, yeah, she, right. uh, um, drag queens on. She and said, She did. She did all of that. You, she was uh, she was like the first. I mean, yeah. really, Nell Carter, whose right. brother had, was sick and died, right. um, was the was one of the first, and Bet was one of the first, and, uh, uh, and but Joan really was the first one. I really I absolutely remember. What was saying, this the because her hairdresser had gotten sick. Right. What was the sh- most shocking death to you? Uh, wow. Um, Ooh, God. Ryan White, maybe. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, I mean, because when a kid, or or it could have been, oh, there were these, uh, there were show business people there, um, the the twin, the Kushner twins. Yeah. Not the no, Right, right, right. Uh, um, Sam. What Kushner. Elizabeth Glazer? That was a. Yeah, bad that one. was. Mm-hmm. There were I mean, the people you didn't expect. I right. mean, at a certain point, when somebody you know, who was who was flamboyantly yeah. gay presented themselves to you, right, you go, well, you know, yeah. this, this was, we know, we know why you got it. I mean, it wasn't. You know, from a blood transfusion. Right. I, I mean, it could have been, but it probably wasn't. Have you ever said no to writing for someone? Uh, well, they don't ask. You know, it's weird. The right wing doesn't ask me. The Republicans don't ask because right. they know I'd say no. They just right. look me up and they realize I'd say no. I'd say no. But, I mean, I've said no to You've people. You've turned down shit. I've turned down shit, but not because, uh, uh, you know, for money or it wasn't worth it or I was doing something else. Right. Or, but it wasn't because, oh, you're a hateful person. Or, right, or right, I, right. You know. Um, you have two reviews of the Oscars yeah. framed in your house. <laughs> I do. Yeah. One's from the New York Times and uh, one's from the LA Times, and it's the same. It's the same show, right? And uh, one is the New York Times loved it, right? And the LA Times says writing like this should be a capital offense. <laughs> <laughs> and I Jeez. called the guy up and I said, "What the fuck do you think you are, Abu Dhabi? Yeah, right. Do you know what a capital offense is? <laughs> no, fucking, you know." Somebody should be murdered for writing this show. How about a critic should be murdered? I said, what the fuck kind of thing is that? I know. I I hate, you know what else I hate? About about an Academy Award show? Right. Go fuck yourself. You know, one time I got a- You're disordered. And and he really, I mean, he got very quiet and he said- Really? Wow, I had no idea the language was that strong. I said, well, you're a fucking writer. You should, you know, this is what we do for a living. Right. You know, let me write a letter to the LA did Times with a little a bad strong thing? language. Um, he never reviewed anything I ever did again after wow. that. He stayed, he stayed clear of me. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my mother once called the New Jersey Star Ledger um, after they gave me a bad review for 25 questions yeah. for a Jewish mother. And, she, you know, at the time, there was no email. So, the, uh, or there was, I don't know. She, so there was a phone number. It was yeah. like, you know, contact me at blank. And she called up and I'm at a photo shoot. And, uh, the publicist comes over and it's like, oh, Judy, Judy, can I talk to you? Um, I just got a call from uh, the Star Ledger. Apparently, your mother uh, <laughs> called and he doesn't want to return her phone call. Uh, and your mother can't be calling. And I called my mother. I said, Ma, you can't call reviewers right. that give me a bad review. I can do whatever I want. They have their opinion and I have mine. And I had to listen to theirs. And I, you know, and it was, right, yeah. and I just loved her for that. Sure. Yeah. Well, why not? Uh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Shoot yeah, it! Go get him. Um, 
Go get him, Tiger. I called uh, when Hairspray opened in Baltimore. It was our first show because it was Baltimore. Good morning. Uh, Good I got a morning, weird, Baltimore. Yeah. I got a weird review from the uh, from the the critic in the Baltimore Sun, and I called her. I mean, she she wrote something like, "He hasn't figured out how to do I don't know," or, or "This isn't uh, many things don't land." Or, and uh, I I called her up and I said, you know, "I used to be a critic at the Chicago Tribune," and uh, I, I read the review and it was very general and I'd like to know what do you think I should do? Right. What are these things I haven't figured out right. that you can help me with? Right. Good for you. And what'd she say? Oh, uh, well, no, you know, that's your job. You're the actor. Then don't fucking you write ha- it, asshole, yeah. you cunt. Right. Well, then I said, what so do you in other think words, of- you have no specifics. Right. This is just your overall feeling about my performance. Who are the critics that you, first of all, critics drive me up a wall, but who yeah. are the ones that you... I mean, I'm sure you don't say I'm not going to this because of a critic said yeah. this or but who who do you trust the most in is as far as critics are concerned? Um the, you know, the ones that you read all the time. I mean I read Ben Brantley. Yeah, me and, too. And, uh, and it's not even so much a question of trust, it's that you know what your taste right, is right. as as put indexed with theirs. Right. So that they will give you some idea of whether it's something that you'll right. like. Right. Charles Isherwood, who was at the Times yeah. and is now, I guess, blogging, uh, he's really good. And, and Frank just, Rich. I always liked Frank. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jesse Green. And, right. and there are there are, you know, there are Adam Feldman. There right. are a bunch of a bunch of good ones in New right. York. Right. Um, but I don't read them much. I mean, I do read them on Chris Jones from the Chicago Tribune is very right. good. Right. Um, on on new stuff on Broadway to see if it's something I'm going to want right. to see because I don't live here I don't see everything right. so do you miss New York? Yeah, well I'm here a lot so right. it's hard to miss. I it, mean you but... seem so not LA to me. I know because you're it's so a... Jersey, Jewy. Well, yeah, yeah, you know it's a sort of sort of have that uh, a, a kind of energy, but there's a lot of that now. Right, it's just you have to find it. Right, I mean you know when you were there, well it's different. Yeah, I was there in the 90s. Yes. Um, Okay, now you have to Although I understand that from Showtime, that was the golden age of comedy. Oh, no, it's the 70s now. Is that when they're doing the 70s? I'm in that show. You are? I'm 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 dying dying up up here. here. I'm in episode three. It's kind of about me. Uh, my character with Melissa Leo was yes, Mitzi. Yes, yes. Wow. But she doesn't say she's Mitzi. Well, she will not say that. Yeah. And I had her come to the club. Yeah. She'd never been to the club. <laughs> She'd actually never been to a comedy club. Right, so, yeah. um, so we ask our guests yes. two questions yes. always. Oh, yes. Um, first of all, which one should we do first? The kill me now. Okay. What? pisses you off the most like what fucking makes you want to fucking kill someone like what really pisses you off i live in la it's whoever is driving the car in front of me (laughs) i just want them dead i want them removed like the leftovers i I want the the rapture to happen (laughs) they and their car will just magically disappear I have that but, fantasy in L.A. But yeah. you don't ever but then, get... But, but then there'll be another car in front of that. So You never so. get aggravated. You oh, never get, get angry. Get I've the, never the, seen the, you the, angry. No, I, uh, I can get angry. Have you seen Raging him angry? Incompetence. <laughs> yeah, my, my friend Craig has seen me angry. Uh, but just like, you know, in, just when t- like, people don't think your things an, What's your anger? Do you just like, is it in and, in, and then you're oh, done? I get, I get... Uh, Do you get like, because I get like, you know. I get very sarcastic. And yeah, sardonic same. And, mm, small mouthed. Right. Ooh, that's had, the scariest. And you uh, always 
with humor. With humor. I yeah. had a, uh, signal me when I reach I had signal when I have a t shirt. Signal me when I reach cunt level. <laughs> I need that. How'd you get into the t shirt thing? Uh, well, tits like these, you have to right. I it's Rebellion, <laughs> oh, my mother right. always dressed me and I hated it. Right. And I said, when I'm a grown up on my own, I will wear whatever I want. And I was, I'm still having a tantrum. And what happened was I, I uh, started wearing t-shirts, became ironic t-shirts, got funny in the 70s. Right. And I began wearing those under uh, 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 shirts worn like a house coat. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was my mother. And, uh, and I moved to California. You could go anywhere in a T-shirt, pretty much. And so it just kind of became my trademark. I love it. And I thought this is my signature. I wore. F- you know, I, I, I wanted to wear much, jeans and much T-shirts. Cheaper than you know. Every Brooks fucking was my yeah. Favorite. It's ridiculous. I love now, it too. Right. And if you want to dress up, just put a blazer on it. That's right. Boom. T-shirt. Hey, blazer. Right. Rachel Maddow. Hey. All right. Um, and skinny jeans. Yeah. Now we also ask because we're very pro mental health on this yeah. show. We ask every guest. I think I know the answer. I'm sure I know the answer, but we ask everyone if they're on any sort of antidepressants. Have they ever been on antidepressants? I say no. I, say no. Uh, uh, I was on. No. Sorry, Fuck. but it was it was uh, it's so it's so pussy. It's ridiculous. What? I had a detached retina. Okay. And that's uh, fucking painful. It was, uh, and I was. A kind of blind in one eye right. for a while. Right. I had the surgery and then uh, it was healing and I was wearing an eye patch. Right. And the surgeon said, I think Prozac would help you get over this because a lot of people freak out. Right. Because they don't know if it's going to take and they don't know if they're going to, how they're going to live with, without, with blind one in eye. one eye. Yeah. And so I took it and it did, it beveled off the edges. It did. It did. And then. How long Everything did you take you know, it for? About six months, and then um, uh, and then I stopped. And when you stopped, you had no <laughs> no. I had uh, nothing. You know, I had nothing, and people kept saying to me, my I had an assistant who was totally totally crazy kept saying, "Yeah, that's, but that's when we're like people go postal. Yeah, that's when they yeah. go and they go in, and with a Gatling gun right. and they mow everybody down. Right." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I just don't see that happening. I said, I'm, just, I'm just too fucking peaceful right you now. You are <laughs> such, and you don't drink. You don't, do you drink? I drink, Oh, yeah, good, okay. Sure, do you smoke pot? Yeah. Yay! Yeah. I want to smoke pot with I you. Know all of the, well, I eat a lot. I, I uh, eat a lot. And then, oh, because I don't. A lot of, uh, um, and then there's the fellatio follies after that. No, I, I'll, I'll leave for I, that. I become very oral. Right. It's Ritz crackers or big black dick. It doesn't right. matter. A big white dick. It doesn't matter. So at all. crackers or big black dick. That's, I know. See how I mean? Artists are extreme. Wait, I, I, and did you, should you see s- me? You'd see me at Safeway looking for the big black dick on the shelf next to the Ritz cracker. Hey, I'm that stoned. <laughs> wait, didn't you stay at a nudist place? Wait, we were working somewhere in Florida, uh, and you stayed at like we, a nude we, place. Uh, uh, oh, I was staying at a nudist. Pl- oh. When we were playing uh, Florida, I had stayed at uh, Island House in Key West. Right. Which is uh, clothing optional. Right. Oh, I love that. I mean, I love to walk around naked. I love walking around naked, too. The thing of it is, Island House, which I'm happy to plug, is one place where, like, people who you want to see naked are walking around naked. Usually, Is it all men? Uh, well, that's one reason for me. Right. But I mean, because they're all kind of like hot men. Right. It's usually, you know, the the guy th- th- who says, let's all get naked is the one right. person you don't really want to see. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's been my experience. Right. But, um, uh, so I, I had been staying there, but I had got, I had also performed at uh, 
at a, a, a nudist, an actual nudist retreat. Were you naked? No, I wasn't naked. I, I wore a towel. I think uh-huh. I actually wore shorts and a t-shirt because I said, I don't need this photo up. <laughs> you know, this is, I really don't need this. Anymore. But they also have, uh, they give you little stickers. Right. Uh, that uh, that the say red six one inches. No, no photos or, you know. Oh, that's and good. And everybody respects it. And it's, a, there's, it's actually a very nice, they do it in the Poconos. Right. <laughs> Which makes me laugh. At a camp I went to, it was it was Najiwa Akiba. Oh, I went to Najiwa. It was camp. It was a, a Jewish camp uh, uh, for years, and yeah. I went there once because it was. Too I Jewish. fucking hated it. it, was, it was they wrote uh, on my bunk. They wrote Bigfoot slept here. Oh, you know, after I left, I fucks. went back to get something, and I noticed oh, they keyed in, oh. and I was like, <laughs> um, "All right, I know you have to go, but yeah. do you think Trump's going to get impeached?" Uh, well, the Republicans have to peel away from him more than they are, right. but they are beginning to. Right. So it's entirely possible, but they also have to find something uh, genuinely, I mean, genuinely impeachable. I mean, every right. day there's something new. I mean, today Flynn is revealing right. more stuff that that could be the smoking gun. Right. So it's, it's and how pe- how gay is Pence? I mean, he is so gay. How gay he is, is he? He's so. Gay. I mean, he's so adamant that it's a choice. That that apparently yeah. he made that choice because I, anyone who is so fucking sure it's a choice right. has obviously made the choice. I guess. Well, has made I mean, the choice like, to not do it. He's made the choice to right, not be but he, gay. Right. So he, for him, it was a, a, a choice, choice. Right. Even though it's not really, he right. still gets hard. When okay, he sees, you're annoying. Yeah. Okay. He just looks like you're an, on action, voice he looks like an action <sighs> figure, an executive action. Yeah, figure. he does. I don't know. I fucking, I don't, he looks like a Pez he, dispenser. He looks like a closeted homosexual. Well, there you go. Yeah. God damn it, Bruce. I think that you are one of the greatest. I'm not. I, I'm not kidding. You're like such a great human, and you're so fucking talented. And I just, well, I, I adore you. you. I adore you, and I'm so glad I'm I got big, to know your tall. mom. We do the big and tall. Yeah, show. Yeah, we do the big and tall show. Like we that. have to do more big and tall shows. Get that Hebrew and on you're the phone. Com- yeah, and you're coming to P Town this summer. I heard. I heard that. Yes. Yeah, talking to, same place. That, that. Yes, I got you in. Yeah. Oh no. I've got no, it. no <laughs> um, thank you for coming. Yeah, certainly. I love you. Delighted. I love All right. And as we always say, so long. <laughs> and uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.